1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of your Pittsburgh Pirates YouTube show on the Post-Gazette's YouTube channel. Thank you for checking us out. I'm Jason Mackey. That's Andrew Destin. This is the busiest time of the year. It's a fun time. Um, I am in Seattle. Andrew is in his childhood home, boyhood bedroom, adorned oh. with all kinds of flags and swimming trophies. And you can fill people in
0: on what else is in oh. there. Um,
1: we have a lot of stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah, got a lot, got a lot, man. And uh yeah, I'll try not to dwell too much on the, the confines of my childhood bedroom here. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but but man, I mean, you out in Seattle covering all things all-star game, all, all things all-star break, and uh obviously everything with day one, which I'm sure we'll get into shortly here about pirates going with Paul Skeen's number one. But uh but yeah, day two for me on my front, covering that for rounds three through ten. And what a day it was for the pirates. I mean, obviously. Day one deserved a lot of attention, but going right into it with day two of going eight draft picks, seven on college arms, four of them from the SEC. It's a uh, such an interesting day too, because there's a lot of ways they could have pivot with this. Uh, I was really curious to see how they would go if it was going to be a high school centric day, if uh, they were going to address some some position players as well, especially uh, you know in the third round the direction that they went with going with a corner infielder and in Garrett Forrester from Oregon State, a guy who's a pretty polished hitter. I was thinking, okay, well maybe that's the direction they're going to go hitting centric and no boom, 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 pitcher after pitcher, one after another guys who are projectable and have good stuff and throw, you know, 95 and above, um, but maybe didn't have the results they were looking for as sec guys or whatever college they pitched at. So um, just an interesting day. I, I found it from the pirates standpoint of they went with guys who are projectable um, and the way it was discussed by some of the brass who was available to us is that these are guys that they think put into the pirates franchise can figure things out, um, which, you know, I think we've heard that one before, not just from the Pirates, but from a lot of teams with respect to the guys that they draft. But, uh, but interesting, because it felt like, I don't know, I mean, it felt kind of in the similar vein of what you did with Skeens, right? You didn't make the proverbial, Skeens is, in my opinion, you know, a safe pick, but that was also the pick that maybe in the past the Pirates don't make. And I think they kind of made that trend with the draft the rest of uh, day two and getting guys that maybe on the, on the the on the front they were, You know, projectable arms, guys who have great stuff, but maybe they weren't the guys that the Pirates took three, four, or five years ago, which isn't uh, to discredit any of the prior drafts, but more so that this was they were kind of swinging for the fences and going high-risk, high-reward, and I think that continued to a much more elevated degree, I guess you could say, versus to what Skeens is, which is a fairly proven commodity, I think.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I would argue that there is still reward or risk reward still baked in there, Um, and probably a lot of risk, and I think it's about as safe as a pitching prospect as you can possibly get, but that's still not that safe. Um, yeah. That being said, I love the pick and we'll, we'll get into all that, but okay. So give me, because again, for, for people maybe watching this who don't understand how these days work. Um, I was in the outfield for media day, talking to Derek Shelton, Mitch Keller, David Bednar. Um, it's just logistically impossible for me to also have, my nose in the draft. So Andrew's handling draft stuff. I'm handling media day stuff at, at, the, at the Derby. And I was also working on a Paul Skeens feature that you'll read tomorrow morning. It may be actually be out by the time you're watching this, but in any case, like I don't know about what, much of what happened at the draft. So I'm going to say, talk to me like an idiot because I am an idiot on this stuff. What, what are the like, give me two or three bulleted points and and quick what, yeah. what are the important things to know about the Pirates Day 2 draft?
0: Yeah, I think the most important thing would be, yeah, I mean, they took of the seven of the eight draft picks, seven of them college arms, four of them guys from the SEC, and these are not guys who were, you know, just kind I of said quick. <laughs> quick. I'm going quick. I'm going quick. Uh okay. all right. Stats, these are the four guys they picked out of the SEC, not starters in their college careers, guys who have plus stuff but never figured it out really at the collegiate level. They're banking on them, they're picking them because they're thinking all right, these are guys who are going to figure it out by just getting them into the system. The SEC challenges them. They're facing tough lineups. That's why the results maybe weren't as good as they uh, would have hoped for. Um, And then with Forrester, the third baseman slash first baseman, a guy who had the same amount of walks in his college career uh, as Adley Rutschman, who we're seeing in the home run derby do his thing and what he's done in the MLB so far. Um, This is a guy who's got a polished approach. Um, The question with him, and I think – The guy that came to mind, obviously different hitters, different profiles, but he, to me, kind of figures as a similar guy to Malcolm Nunez in the sense of can hit, that's the tool, has a good arm, but is it going to stick at third base or is it going to have to go to first? I get the feeling that with Forrester. It'll probably be the same way. And then they rounded out the draft by getting three arms in Austin Strickland, uh, Danny Carrion, and Landon Tompkins from Kentucky, UC Davis, and Louisiana Tech, respectively. Those were arms that were starkly contrasting to their 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th round picks that were all plus stuff, not consistent with loading the strike zone. The 8th, ninth, and 10th round, they got guys all still college arms, but guys who are better at loading the strike zone, maybe didn't have as much high swing and miss chase rate, that type of stuff. Um, So two different, very different approaches, but I think they all fit under the same umbrella of you're able to do this, uh, or you're drafting these guys because I think the intention is to try and sign them for under slot. Um, That's all speculation on my part, but uh, that was just kind of my takeaway from it. Not, I mean, because there was not a single high school player that was drafted today. So, um, you know, that's just where my mind kind of goes. That was not short at all. It wasn't. No, I'm not going to ask you for a short explanation again.
1: You don't (laughs) feel short. No. Uh, That's okay. I'm a little long-winded. From time to time myself, it's okay. You get passionate about something, you want to talk about it. That's cool. Um, all right, let's talk about the Skeens thing, though. Let's yeah. talk about the draft up top, how things unfolded. What was your view from afar uh, in, in what they were going to do? And then I want you to answer that, and I'll answer where my view was and and why I think maybe some things went went the way they did.
0: Yeah, definitely. For me, it was, uh, you know, sitting there covering the end of that game in Arizona, Pirates getting that that win out against the Diamondbacks. And my thought process was, I was thinking probably going to go Langford. You know, that was just yeah. the thought was probably go with the Florida outfielder, a guy that, you know, really good story. And Skeens was kind of like, okay, he's on the back burner. I know Cruz is probably out. Or, I mean, I don't know, but I'm thinking he's probably out. He so, was out, yeah. Yeah, seemed like he was out. Langford was the guy for me. Skeens was a distant two. And my thought process was, if they can get this guy, if they wanted to go that route, I would commend the pick. Obviously, it comes with risk attached. I don't think they're going to do it. And it kind of really surprised me. i got to be honest. I, I was not expecting it. And I uh, would be curious to hear from you. Uh, were you surprised by the pick? And, uh, yeah, take us through your end of uh, of the Skeens pick. I was very surprised. Um, oh. I was very surprised. I
1: thought – I've seen them draft Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis, and I thought that uh, – a college hitter was going to be the way they went. Um, that's sort of where it landed. Initially I thought Max Clark too. I had been hearing a lot of Max Clark and I, I this is the part where, you know, I, I find it especially interesting and and I wonder what happened here. And I wonder if the pirates were somewhat intentional about kind of keeping people guessing. They, they didn't want people to know what they were doing. Um, I'm not sure what the advantage is there because you still get to take whatever player you want to take, but maybe you're, you know, maybe that's leverage toward a signing bonus or something like that. I don't know. But I found it really strange that on draft day, everybody that I had consulted with or that, you know, that has seen these kids is in the like community of people who care about the draft and have to care about the draft for their job. Say, like, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you hearing? And I kept getting back, Wyatt Langford, Wyatt Langford, Wyatt Langford. Oh, okay. I mean, that, you know, that to me tells me fits their profile. That's the buzz around them. Um, you know, when earlier it was also like Max Clark, Max Clark, Max Clark. And I, I get curious, like, did something just change there all of a sudden? But I don't know, man. I don't know. And when it comes down to it, you can't go wrong with this pick. It, like with picking skeins, in my opinion. Um, I just think the world of it, the more I've gotten into his makeup. Um, again, there's a story, depending on when this goes live, but it, it's probably on our website. If not, it's, it's going to be coming soon. About his makeup. I talked to his Air Force coach, his LSU coach. Um, Just amazing stories about what this kid did, uh, military background, how much he believes in in that stuff and representing his country and how much he cares about it. I would encourage you to read it, but just the makeup for him, it, it sealed the deal for me. I love it.
0: Yeah. No. And you talk about that makeup. It's like, we were on that zoom call last night, you know, what an hour or two hours after he gets drafted and just came across as a guy who very forthright, very honest. And not to mention just, you know, personable guy. So, I mean, And he was on
1: there a couple minutes early. Yeah. And I I was reading about him. I guess he answers questions like standing up straight, you know, looking very, very militaristic. And so I, I I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. I, I, I think it's fantastic. It's going to be great, not great theater, but I mean, like, how do you not want to see what this kid
0: does? Right. Such a cool story. I mean, you yeah. you know, it's like, I mean, there's so many ways you could go with it too. It's like the, and then, you know, the one question you asked yesterday where it's like, well, have you given any thought to making the guy a two way guy? It's like, I mean, you get right. I mean, you, you go,
1: it's like, <laughs> that is so that is so like, um, what do you want to call it? Um, like personal what's what's the term I'm looking for it's like a personal goal I care about it it's my own you know impactful for me I don't know so I mean my my whole I think people watching this have heard this story if not I'm just going to tell a brief snippet but in college I I was a pitcher and I I tried every year to convince my coach that I could hit and like I I originally went there as a catcher a six foot five six foot you know, six foot four, a very large catcher. And I was told, no, you're not, you're not gonna catch. Like we need you to pitch, blah, blah, blah. And like I did okay. And so I kept doing that. I had a pretty healthy arm. I could keep pitching. I pitched out of the bullpen a lot. Anyway, um, so I I spent every year trying to convince my coach that I could hit, was never allowed to do it. Finally convinced them final series of my senior season. So anyway, I love pitchers that can hit it's always a, just a hobby, a, an interest. I root for them. I want to see it. I want to see Skeens do it. I want to see the pirates let Skeens do it. I don't think they're going to let Skeens do it. Yeah. I, and I, and I don't even know if he wants to, I think a lot of what he did this past season was because he no longer worried about that stuff. But like, dude, I was watching videos of him hitting today just for the heck of it. Like, I was just curious what looked wow. like and, you know, get a little nerdier with it. And, uh, Looks good. I want to see it. Not gonna yeah. happen.
0: I don't want to see it. Uh, it was such a shame because it's yeah. I mean, I think you're totally right, right? It's he goes the third year there at LSU, focuses on the pitching, but like he put up numbers at Air Force. Man, he could hit. I like,
1: know. I uh, know.
0: Would love to see it. It'd be fun, and uh, but would love to see him do that. But also would love to see where the Pirates end up putting him this year in the in the minor leagues. Or where if they end you up... start him? Personally, I think he's get him up to Double A. Why not? Yeah. Like, I would start him in Altoona, get him going. I don't think he has anything to gain from going anywhere, Bradenton or lower. Because what they started Henry and Bradenton, right? And uh, Greensboro, Greensboro, I mean, Greensboro, sorry. Um, yeah, so you got high A there. I would view it as you know, anything above high A, Altoona. Yeah. I probably wouldn't start him in Indy, that feels like too big of a jump, but yeah, I and agree. And that time in Altoona wouldn't be long, right? Maybe a month, maybe two. Like, it wouldn't have to be we need 15 starts in Altoona, it could be as. Easy as five, six, and then all right, get you up to Indy, and maybe not even Indy. Maybe you get him in the bigs this year, but I don't know. What What do you think? I'm with you. I'm with you on Double A. Um,
1: I don't know if I need to see him in the bigs this year. I guess I wouldn't be against it. I, I think starting at Double A and letting him tell me what he's ready for is a fair is a fair thing. Like I'm not gonna rush him because I care about his arm, and he's thrown a lot of pitches. And I'm not going to allow him to throw a ton of pitches because I don't want him to hurt himself. And I realize that that's exciting, but it's more. And, and, you know, if he proves to me that he can handle major league stuff, I'm still going to let him go there within reason, but I, I'm not going to let him blow it out right now because it's not worth it. They're not going to be in contention. You know, Paul Skeen's entertaining fans in September and me, playing meaningless baseball is not going to do anything for me, but, Paul Skeen's anchoring a rotation with Mitch Keller and maybe Quinn Priester or whatever um, in 2024, different story. So, yeah, I'd probably go double A. If he dominates, bump him to triple. If he dominates there, maybe I'd give him a shot. I mean, I probably wouldn't do anything with him more than out of the bullpen. And even that, I I don't know, man. I feel like you get a couple outings in Altoona. You get a couple outings in Indianapolis. You get a taste. Maybe I even feel good about starting him next year at Indianapolis, and that's fantastic. Um, Or giving him a shot to make the big club out of spring. I I wouldn't have anything against that. It's just, I think, with the amount of innings that he's already put in, I just, I don't want him to go, probably don't want him to go over 150. Man, I mean, that's just, that's not a lot of room. Maybe maybe I have to be a little bit looser with that, maybe 160 or 170. But I know that I don't want to, you know, I don't want him getting anywhere near 200. That much I know for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's because at LSU, he was already at a pretty hefty number, right? It was like 120. 19 yeah. starts. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the runway is not large, but. You can tell
1: where we're at in the
0: draft process
1: where I've memorized his college stats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Rattle, rattle them all off. But what was his people... last year? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 0.75. There you have it. Yeah. I can't remember what I did yesterday. I can't remember. What what I want to do in ten minutes, but I can remember Paul Skeen's whip for some reason, or his one sixty five batting average against, his one sixty nine ERA, it's twelve wins in the regular season, one in the postseason. I believe it was one in the postseason. Um, yeah, it's so people will enjoy this. By the way, this is this this made me laugh. This was one of those like, you know, you're in journalism when you do this crap. Um, so I. Oftentimes, and especially I've noticed in baseball, we pre-write stories. Makes it easier, get something online immediately, whatever. There are five guys top of this draft that the Pirates could reasonably draft. So I took a gamble. Um, I picked three. And so I have Dylan Cruz, Wyatt Langford, and Paul Skeens. I decided I'm going to pre-write stories on those guys, put them in our system, photos, headlines, get it all set up, ready to go. All we have to do is click a button when they pick them. We're good. Then I get to the draft and I start panicking on like, them. Man, well, I heard things about Max Clark. What if they go with Max Clark? So hurry, up. I hurry up and I write a fourth story there on the draft floor, like I'm freaking out. Um, but I'm like, how many idiots have pre-written four four stories for for one event? That's all we need to do. And and so, yeah, that that made me laugh. That was one of the reasons why I remembered Paul Skeens, his college stats for some reason, because you're you're you know you're recycling parts of the story, but obviously it's you're far. looking at it a lot. So, anyway.
0: Yeah. Oh, good insight to it. Cause I mean, I can, I I relate to that on half the level of, okay, what if a team makes the NCAA tournament or doesn't, I'm doing two different pre-writes that have a lot of similar components, uh, not for four separate individuals, uh, tip the cap T on that one. (laughs) That that was the most I've ever had. Um, and
1: I said something to my wife about like, you know, I I had to pre-write three stories or something like that. She goes, I don't think a lot of people do that. (laughs) That was one of those like you may have a problem, kind of texts. I don't know. I hope a lot of people do that. Either or not, I, or if they aren't. Uh, I'm just a weirdo. I don't know. But uh, you know, I want to have us. I want us to have something online immediately, at least, and that and that's what it takes.
0: Right. And if you're hearing things, and it gives you a tip of, hey, this might be the direction they're going. In any capacity, any you know subject matter, run yeah. with it. Yeah, been there before. Uh, but not to that degree. Um, I'm yeah. not going to say you have a problem though, Jason. I would never. Right. Nice.
1: Appreciate it. Um, I know I do. So, all right, let's move on to the rest of this season, shall we? Um, We are at the all-star break. There's some important baseball to be played in the second half. I think there are a bunch of storylines to look ahead to, um, questions to ponder, stuff that we want to see, stuff we may not see. And maybe let's do it a little bit differently. It seems like, you know, the golden ticket um, when either of us do radio appearances or anything like that, that, you know, always, always being asked, what are they going to do with the deadline? What are they going to do with the deadline? What are they going to do with the deadline? Let's let's flip it a little bit and ask where are, you know, maybe some surprises, some areas that you're going to follow that aren't trade, excuse me, that aren't trade related. Like what can the Pirates do? What might happen with the Pirates that's going to catch your attention in the second half?
0: Yeah, I think for me, it's, uh, I'm really fascinated by how they keep, uh, how they keep navigating the defense up the middle. And maybe that's a little, Maybe that's a little bit too nuanced, but no, I uh, like
1: it. That's all I was going for. What do you mean?
0: Yeah, so uh, you still like? Do they keep Nick G. at short? Yeah, do you keep Nick G. at short? He's played above average there, surprisingly, uh, because yeah. you know, a natural second baseman Marcano has kind of fallen off both at the plate and both defensively. We're still probably two months away from O'Neill Cruz when Cabrian Hayes eventually comes back healthy, whenever that may be, because that's a whole other conversation. Wait, in its wait, own wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. wait. What you saying? We're two
0: two months away from O'Neill Cruz? Uh, July. Oh wait, August. It might be a month. Am I? Am yeah, I, wrong I miss No, you, you're right. You're right. I'm. Okay. A, I can't believe we're already in July. I'm. Okay. Well, you were with the by.
1: team in, in LA and Arizona, and I got scared for a second, like I missed something. <laughs> no, no. We TT some, still a gigantic
0: setback. Okay. All right. No, no. Mid mid late April timeline. The, or uh, not April August. That's August. still all. Still still very well in range. Um. All right. But 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 uh but with, with Hayes, I mean, right, the back issue, that's still something that's lingering, obviously. Triolo's holding it down at third for the time being, but, like, what happens when Hayes comes back? You, I mean, yeah. Triolo has held his own in the bigs. He played a little short in AAA this year and looked fine there. Like, does he go there? Does Marcano become the odd man out who goes down to AAA? Yeah. Rodolfo Castro remains a question that, like, I feel like I'm asking all the time of how much longer does he stick up here or does he eventually have to go back to AAA to work on some things? Like, up yeah. the middle, G1 Bay is hurt. Like when he comes back, how does that factor into things? So, the middle to me is a huge storyline that maybe uh, we don't talk sure. about enough because there's so much else going on. But that to me, sure. without Cruz, is definitely high on my list.
1: Yeah, no, you're right, man. I mean, O'Neil o- 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 Cruz is going to be the number one storyline, I would imagine. Or, you know, if we're going to say aside from the de- deadline, yeah. you're right about the middle infield, though, man. That's that's something I didn't even think about. Um, I don't need to see any more of Marcano or Castro. I don't like between those two and Bay. I the Pirates, I think, can stomach one on the team, not three. Uh, yeah. they're just not productive enough right now. But you send them down, I'm not sure where you plan. Yeah, right? Alika Williams has been playing shortstop, you're gonna want him to get reps. Um, he's actually been hitting a lot, which is surprising because he really hasn't in the past. Layover mm-hmm. Piguero is now with Triple A Indianapolis. You're going to want him to play. Um,
0: I, yeah, man,
1: that's that's an interesting one. I mean, you probably don't want to cut bait on those guys, but at the same time, they're not adding anything at the major league level. I don't – I guess I keep Rudy around as a platoon guy, but, yeah, Marcano has been a ghost for weeks. Yeah. Uh, Bay, with the speed, maybe, but he hasn't hit anything, so I'm not sure the speed really matters. Um, I, have, I have much preferred – Gonzalez, Triolo, Henry—like the the youthful infusion's been really good, in my opinion—and that that's what I I wanted to get to a little quicker, but uh, I started blabbing. Um, I, I'm curious to see who else comes up, and and chiefly Andy Rodriguez. I I think you know I don't I don't think you should be holding them back any longer. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing, you know, allocating the majority of reps behind the well, I guess I should say all the reps behind the plate at this point, the Jason delay and Austin hedges. uh, Why, what are we clinging to here? Uh, The pitching staff has not performed terribly well. And I think like they're either going to throw the ball well or, or not, you don't, you don't need both of those guys. Like, I think you do need some older catcher that has an idea. Like you don't want just Henry and Andy there. Uh, But I'd like to see Andy come up and, you know, if you want to keep Hedges around as the veteran guy, I'm good with it, and have you know rotate three, Andy, Henry, and Hedges, and have Hedges working with them. Totally fine with that stuff. Uh, but I'm looking for I'm looking for when Andy comes up, when Priester comes up, when young, when more young guys come in.
0: Yeah. A question for you on the Rodriguez front. So, um, unfortunately, this is a little bit trade related. But do you think that they're not is- trading
1: him, Andrew? I swear, <laughs> they, will not, they will not trade Andy.
0: No, no, no. I would hope not for their sake. But um, yeah, no. do you think Do you think that move coincides with whenever Santana gets dealt? If he gets dealt, would that be the timing to bring him up just because <laughs> of the first base element? Could be. Could be. I still think they want to play
1: Choi. They need to play Choi. Um, with Kutch being on the IL, gives a little reprieve that you're going to be jockeying those reps. I, I mean, to me, if you're going to play Endy, it's got to be behind the plate. Or maybe in the outfield, you put Henry behind the plate. I don't really care which it is. But, you know, right now I look at Kutch, Choi, and Santana. You're going to want to play two out of the three every night. And one of them is going to DH. And likely one of them is going to play first base, obviously not Kutch. Um, But I I guess I say all that to say, I don't see where the reps are going to be at first base. If you're trying to get both those guys in the lineup at this point, maybe it coincides later in the month. With Santana, But for now, I think you bring him up and just, you know, outfield, second base, catcher, whatever he's able to handle, just do that to try to get the at-bats.
0: Yeah. And then with uh, with Priester, I mean, this is one that comes to mind with me is just because of, you know, the, the back and forth, right? It feels like all season long, it's been a lot of up, down, up, down, and it's kind of started to mellow out a little bit here. But I think it, it's a very different conversation than the one that we had earlier with Skeens. But part of me has to wonder... You know, with Priester, is there a timeliness element to this that is impacted by the team going into the break? You know, the record right now of I believe it's a 41 and 49, right? So, how does that impact things with the Priester timeline? Does it not? Is that irrelevant? Is that like, I'm curious. Yeah. Like, what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I think I, I would just rip the band aid off at this point.
0: I yeah. really would. Like,
1: can't be much worse than what they've gotten, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not beholden to Osvaldo Beto at this point. Um, what they had a bullpen game. Beto was part of the bullpen game. They knocked Ortiz out of the rotation. Right move. I'm not disagreeing with it. Um, Rowanzi was out of the rotation before that. Again, no issues with that move. He should be, you know, in Indianapolis until he gets his his feet underneath him. So that leaves you with what? Mitch, Hill, and Oviedo? Anybody I'm missing? Nope, that's it. I mean, why the heck not? (laughs) <laughs> um, I'd be okay with Priester in a bullpen game. If you want to go with Beto one more time through, fine. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else who would warrant attention in these spots, but probably not. Honestly, um, not until Rogue gets back, which, you know, sort of a, a sidebar story. I think that's a really important thing. Um, yep. Talked to Mitch Keller about it today. It was pretty interesting. I'm going to write this up fairly soon, but basically said like, we need Rowanzi to, to get right. And he's right. They, they need, they need him to to be a member of the rotation. So um, yeah, I, don't, I, I just think like, I want to take a look at Priester. I want to see what he, what, what he can do. I think you're, you're at this point, it's sad to say, but I think we're seeing the pirates, what they are. Um, you know, I don't think this is a team that's going to be over 500. I don't think this is a team that's going to win, you know, more than 75 games, frankly. And, So I don't know. I guess it's going to be hard to admit that until we get to the end of July and they have to make a decision with the deadline. But I don't know, man. You watch this team a lot closer than I did over the past week. And I just don't see, you know, I don't don't see where any discernible threats coming from.
0: Right. I'm with you. I mean, you look at the last road trip, two and five against two pretty darn good teams in the D-backs and Dodgers. I mean, the theme that just came out to me was like they kind of I don't want to say stumbled, but kind of inched toward the finish line of the All-Star break, and nothing represented that better than the bullpen game, right? I mean, like, yeah. y- you went into Which that game. they became... won. Yeah, they won, right? Which goes to show, like, the bullpen in a lot of ways has been – it hasn't been tremendous, but, you know, despite a lot of injuries and inconsistency, it's been, I would say, on the whole, fairly effective, at least from the 7th or 8th inning onward. But, like, that all goes to the point of – if Rowe and Ortiz are what they are the last month or so, and, you know, both rightfully went down to AAA, at what point do you say, yeah, I mean, this is this team is exactly, they've shown us who they are. And you got to make moves off of that that are related to that. And, uh, yeah, that's another thing, man, you you touched on it a lot. But just a very, Contreras and Ortiz, that's a huge storyline here in the second half, because I know they got a lot of guys waiting in the wings in terms of pitching prospects that we're all excited about, what Solamedo's done, what Jones yeah. has done with Burroughs coming back next year after TJ. And then you get Brubaker back, hopefully, who factors in in some capacity. And Velazquez has said he wants to be back. There will be more pitching depth, or at least big league-ready pitching depth next year. Um, So right now is just a concerning thing, because Contreras and Ortiz, pretty soon, if things don't figure themselves out, then we could be having a conversation of those guys are falling out of favor. And, I mean, they've already fallen out of favor at the big league level. Uh, This is an important time, I feel like, for them uh, to kind of get right. Because otherwise, it's going to be a very different conversation next spring when you've got all these guys entering into the fold, right? Yeah, yeah, they're going to be all right, though. I believe it. They're yep. going to be okay. I think Rogue gets back here
1: and gets in the rotation. I think Ortiz becomes a reliever. That's my projection prediction. We'll see. But, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen soon, but I think that Ortiz with that sinker slider four seamer velocity play well off of each other. I, I think he gets himself into trouble when he does more than throw and just. Dude, pitch the back end of games, throw gas, and and there's value there. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Rowanzi, I think can be if he like we've seen it. If you can just guarantee him fastball command, he's fine. He's yeah. fine. Other things work off of it. It just there's no guaranteeing it. And his you know batting average with having some semblance of fastball command is like 200, and it just can't happen. So you know they'll get that fixed. I think eventually he gets back in the rotation though.
0: This is yeah. a good talk. Yeah, yeah. it's a fun time, man. It's uh nice. We're both on the same coast too. It makes timing purposes easier. <laughs> on the same coast, just the wrong one. Oh, that hurts. West Coast, best Coast, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I sold that pretty well, huh? Uh, you did a good job. Yes. Right. I love, I love Pittsburgh. It's great. Don't worry. Okay. All right.
1: Awesome. So anyway, that will uh, adjourn our meeting for this evening. Thank you for watching. Um, what else do i have to to tell the fine folks andrew click ah. the like button
0: in the description yeah look at that you got it all down there man description in below you got it <laughs> all right you take us out of here you do it better. Yeah. yeah subscription deal in the description six dollars six months of access plenty of sports news keep following along with the podcast and our content you don't want to miss it thanks for your time and we'll catch you next time Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you liked the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you enjoyed it on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts. For six months of digital access to post for just $6, click the link down in the description.